Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where this time of year they're bustling with gardens, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 623, May 24th, 2021. 95 degrees on this day in 2010 and 32 degrees on this day in 1925. And that means in 2010, kids were swimming because it was 95 degrees. And ideally, they were swimming on a beach kept weed-free by Aquaside, a white bear lake company. There's no need to let weeds overtake your swimming area this summer. They have the products to get rid of those weeds quick. They work right away. They're blessed by the EPA and DNR. The products are safe for you, the family, and the fish. Call Aquaside. They'll identify your problem and get you the right product. In fact, I used their product last week. It was an interesting uh, it was an interesting afternoon we spent. You can call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We are officially open, aren't we? The garage door opener was Friday. It was a festive afternoon in GL on Friday. I would like to give you my lilac update. My lilacs were in full bloom May 25th, 2017, May 27th, 2018, June 2nd, 2019, June 2nd, 2020, and I am not prepared to call it today, although they are flowering beautifully. I think I can get a little more oomph out of them, and I'm prepared to call that for tomorrow, which would be May 25th, which would equal 2017. Uh Skeptics are ridiculing me as believing that this actually demonstrates something, uh, but it does to me. Uh, and I bet that if I had been keeping these records since 1950, they wouldn't vary more than three or four days from each other. Okay. Why, why does it mean something to you, and what? Why and what? Uh, it, it, what it means to me is it, it, it corroborates the idea that I think that the global climate change movement is is bs it has nothing to do with the environment it's a political movement a redistributionist movement it has nothing to do with the environment whatsoever and my belief is as i've told you guys uh we've been around since 1850 i assigned that date arbitrarily and what i insist is nothing's changed since 1850 nothing and lilacs are coming up at the same time every single year now you can say, well, Joe, you only got records for four years. I, I have no doubt that if those records went back to 1940, I would be in the same situation. They'd be coming up within the same three or four days of each other every single year. So that means something to me. It means that there's nothing going on. The climate is changing, but so imperceptibly uh, that in our lifetime, we'll never notice it. We haven't Based noticed on- it since 1850. Based on four years of lilacs blooming. That's it, baby. Okay. All right. That's my story. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Got her. Yeah. There you go. All right. So the garage door's open. Uh, By the way, my lilacs are done. I mean, they're already falling apart. 
Well, there's what I've learned is there's different varieties of lilacs, and I believe mine are Korean. Uh, I don't know how she knows that, but she says they're Korean. Hmm. And they, well, I have noted that they come up much later than other people's lilacs. Hmm. Oh, Every year about this time, I get mine. Are well, they purple no. or white? They're... Uh, like a purple, purple and pink, bluish and pink. Okay. Swedes, uh, Swedes and Norwegians. So I, I didn't know this was going to come up today, but I took this picture last Tuesday after Williams baseball game. It was yeah. we were walking through a neighborhood. House? That was no, this is a in my neighborhood. Oh. Uh, but they were in full bloom in Carver on Tuesday. You got to move, brah. Yeah. Was so, it see? A I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at. Huh? Never mind. I must be in delay really bad or something. I'm looking at a picture I took yesterday. Uh, in my absence over of three days, they really flowered. But I'm noticing a big green band where they can fill in even more. That's why I'm unwilling to call it today. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And they're pinkish. Pinkish. They're beautiful. They're, and they smell they wonderful. Smell fantastic. They have a pinkish oh. hue. Yeah. You guys recall that the, the Minnesota Zoo made uh, quite a to-do about putting down two musk oxen uh, because of climate change. The... Uh, when the truth might more accurately be that they were very elderly and probably on the way out anyway, but never pass up a chance to throw in the climate change. Right. Well, Craig writes, someday your show will be successful enough to afford you the crack staff that will bring you pertinent statistics when the situation calls. In the meantime, please indulge my attempt to offer help. Regarding the story of the beleaguered muskoxen being relieved of their heat-induced misery by the empathetic staffers at the Minnesota Zoo, as you might expect, there isn't much of a difference in average temps between 1979, the year muskoxen arrived, and 2020. The average temperature for Minnesota in 1980 was 45.2. In 2019, it was 45. That is correct. It was colder on average in 2019, the 39th year of the Minnesota Zoo musk oxen, than it was during their first year vacation year away from the tundra. In 1981, the average temperature of Minnesota was 46.2. 38 years later, in 2018, it had risen all the way to 46.4. Those poor beasts, forcing, forcing them to live through a two-tenths of a degree warming over 30 years, 38 years is nothing short of cruelty to animals. Where was PETA when an overheated musk oxen needed them? By 1987, the miserable musk oxen were suffering through an inferno-like temp of 49.7, the exact same average temperature they were enforced to endure 29 years later in 2016. We can thank heaven the musk oxen have been put out of the misery of an entire static climate. Link to average Minnesota temps by year and link me to a good site. Uh, again, it's a lilac, lilac situation. Nothing changed since the musk oxen arrived. Nothing. Mm. And they didn't die because of climate change. B as in B, S as in S. I'm merely postponing my getting to the situation in downtown Minneapolis. Hmm. Reavers, I forwarded you. Oh, yeah. Uh, boy, was that fun, what I forwarded you. Well, let, me, uh, let me read the fellas. Uh, this came to me from Dave, and he said, uh, he, he linked me to a compilation of the funniest news <laughs> interviews ever. 
And I'll be damned if I'd bet GL had every one of them over the course of 25 or 26 years. Really? And it's about 12 minutes. So throughout the show today, Reavers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tell me when you're ready. I am. We'll, we'll play uh, snippets. Uh, we'll play a couple uh, till we get them all covered. But it's a good way to start the, a week that's going to be a dreadful week to talk about. So let's start it off with, uh, I don't even know what the first one is. Back here live at the Waterfront Village with my friend, the zombie, Jonathan. You're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. <laughs> all right. You're great zombie. Go. Uh -huh. Good time. <laughs> Oh, All right. uncomfortable awkwardness from the reporter right. who just couldn't handle a left isn't that turn. Guy in a, he's in his 30s now, isn't he? Is he really Probably. old? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's the next one? All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> She's still wrapping her up. Passengers across the East Coast, of course, had to alter their plans. And we spoke to one kid who was trying to cope with the delay. I'm just sitting there on my iPod. It's just so frustrating. I want to be in Florida getting a tan on my back. Before we toss it back, we got to go. Okay, I don't remember that one. You want to hear another either. one? Yeah, I want to hear another All one. All right. Be in Florida getting a tan on my back. Before yeah, we toss it back, cool we got to go to the Drew, the farm kid. How you doing there, Pally? This is very Right visual. now, you know, I know he can't say anything right now, but you know what he's saying right now? E, E, E. Never ever been on live television. I never ever be on live television. Can you skip this? Well, the problem is... They all run together? They all run together, number one. But number two, some of them are very visual. Yeah. Um, but well, I think... it's got kids. Yeah, it's got kids. That, the, the next one was the kid that hogged the microphone. Um, we don't want that. Okay. So let me just cue it up. Yeah. You let me know when you're ready. Well, I think the pop lady's coming up. Oh, really? Well, then I, we better hear from the pop Want lady. Want me a cold pop? Cold Remember pop. her? Yeah. She had a fire, right? Wasn't there we had her on the air, Rook. We interviewed her. We found her. Yeah. I don't remember having her on the air. I do. We found her. There's she a was a win. Yep. But uh, I, I apologize. This bit is my fault because I didn't know. Uh, I thought it would be possible to listen to things individually. Here we go. Why don't we just bleep can it? Here we go. Here we go. Hubbard was sitting in a friend's car eating lunch when Friday's tornado came barreling toward them. Oh. I was scared. I finna eat a hamburger. It took it. I don't even know where it's at. I took your hamburger out of your hand. I don't know where it's at. Tell me about the whistles. Uh, I'd be mad as hell. You guys don't remember that one? No. The hamburger took it. The storm, Joel, right out the window. <laughs> There's eating. another one I know we had where a black guy rescues a white kid, a white girl, and he keeps saying, I knew something was wrong. Dead giveaway. Remember that guy? Yes. Dead yes. giveaway. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. girl had been um, uh, abducted and... and held for many many years i think well, it was in ohio was it not well I, yeah let's I let's so. stop this because it's it's a miserable failure and it's not working and that's my fault so let's let's stop well this. the next one's the guy that had the whistle going whoop, whoop. well but again uh maybe maybe this would be worth editing up sure uh and then playing it like real professional people would because i screwed this up i thought it could be uh segmented and it, it cannot be so if you want to take that uh, as a task, sure. uh, when will you have that done? Is it done yet? By the end of the show, Ooh. sure. One day closer. <laughs> the Friday show. <laughs> yeah, it'll be ready by be the ready Friday, for Friday, Friday show. show. Well, wait a minute. I don't think we're going to be here. <laughs> Shoot, well, we're all back to Monday. A plus we could be the following Friday. <laughs> yeah. Good idea, Such. Yeah. 
Way to run it by the staff before trotting it out on the on air. On the air. <laughs> you know, I believe Al Sharpton's in town and the uh, oh, what's the, the occasion? No- the noted lawyer, uh, Crump, and there's going to be three days of uh, rallies and marches, I presume beginning tomorrow, which is the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death. And uh, I, I can certainly understand... The desire to uh, memorialize that date. Uh, what I really am struggling with is the, the complete absence of perspective here. Uh, if if Sharpton, for example, is passing himself off as a black leader of America, uh, how can he be so blind to what's happened in Minneapolis in the year since George Floyd died? Uh, where where is the where is the address on the public square from a guy who claims to be a leader of of black America? Where's the address about three kids shot, one of whom has now died? Mm-hmm. Where where's the address about uh, Friday night in downtown Minneapolis? Two guys start shooting each other, and and an innocent college kid, Charlie Johnson, who was to graduate the next day from St. Thomas with an engineering die uh, degree, he gets caught in the crossfire. Where where the perspective, the the reality of life in Minneapolis, is is completely out of whack with the attention given to George Floyd and the continued attention given to police brutality. The police didn't shoot these three kids. The police didn't shoot anybody Friday night in downtown Minneapolis. The police aren't shooting people in North Minneapolis. These aren't fight shots fired by police. It's This is surreal. It's almost as though there's two realities here. One being the reality that's true, which is Minneapolis is going under. It's it's going to fade from the scene. No one will want to go ever down. We got to call in a Steve Kramer. We hope to hear from him today. He's the president of the Minneapolis Downtown Council. What in God's name is going to happen to that town? And then then the the reality that's that's surreal is we continue not we the the leaders of the movement to commemorate George Floyd uh, to commemorate his memory continue to focus only on police brutality. The police brutality that occurred was dealt with. Chauvin was found guilty. It's over. He'll be be sentenced to a long term. Crime has not been dealt with. Would somebody please explain to me what goodness occurred in the year since George Floyd died? Because that seems to be an intimation that, oh, since George Floyd died, there's been great change. Great change. Crime is worse. What, what's the great change that has occurred? Obviously, there's been a, a renewed emphasis on the behavior of police officers. Other than that, what's happened? What's changed? That's a rhetorical question, Joe. Nothing. Nothing. Here's Sharpton. Sometimes it takes the death of someone to lead the change. Well, I'm telling you all over this country, policing is going to change because all we could think about is the knee on the neck of George Floyd. Sharpton uh, Sharpton addressed the crowd of about 200 just ahead of the one-year anniversary of Floyd's death. When you went down on his neck, you broke the neck of police misconduct because we're going to stay in the street, Sharpton said. 
Uh, with the governor, mayors, and U.S. senators in the front row, activists push for police reform legislation, calling them out on what they perceive as a lack of action. If Black Lives Matter, then prove it, said Nakimi Levy-Armstrong. We don't want elected officials standing on stages at black funerals when they know damn well legislation is passed by their desks and they know they haven't done a damn thing to change the status quo. Uh, after the rally, the calls for reform took the streets of downtown Minneapolis. Floyd's sister, Bridget Floyd, led the way, vowing to see change through. I will stand and be the voice for him. She said, I will stand and be the change for him. Uh, this was a uh, rally in front of the Hennepin County Government Center Sunday. Uh, it was the Floyd family, activist and keynote speaker, Reverend Al Sharpton. Right. All agreed that there's still more work to be done. Hmm. You are standing on the steps of the government center in a city that has been overwhelmed by gunfires, by mm -hmm. gunplay, overwhelmed mm -hmm. by it, innocents dying. These morons shoot at each other and they're killing children. And there's not a word of that. The whole focus is police are the problem. Yep. You've got two chiefs. The Twin Cities are really lucky to have... Uh, Eridondo Madeira. How am I pronouncing his last name? I'm sorry. Uh, Eridondo. What's his last name? Madeira. Madeira. No, Madeira no. is his first name. Madeira Eridondo. Well, you got Eridondo and you got Axtell in St. Paul. They're really good people. All there's all there's evidence to support it. But they're, they're fighting really two fights. good people. They're fighting two fights. They're fighting the yep. fight of crime in the city, but they're also fighting the people that are supposed to be behind them which is the city council they're, and the mayors. They're, they're fighting fantasy and reality. The reality is the city is exploding yep. and coming apart right. and killing each other, and the fantasy is the cops are to blame. And in St. Paul, a 46-member commission was put together by the mayor, uh, tasked with providing new guidance on how policing should be done. Uh, well, first of all, 46 people... That's too many cooks. They're spoiling the broth. Right. That's, that's too many people. But these are 46 people who are going to pretend they know more what's going on than the police in the street. And what are they calling for? Well, they're calling for things like roving 24-hour mental health, you know, Ghostbuster ambulances. That'll do it. They're calling for uh, many low... What they called for is to uh, remove police from what this commission came up with calling low-level calls for service. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, domestic, domestic stuff, uh, juvenile stuff, uh, license plate tabs. Uh, okay, would somebody please explain to me how when crime is so rampant, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, would somebody please explain to me how you determine if something's a low-level call? And, and, and you're now going to assign community liaisons to respond to uh, noise complaints, for example. Do you want to do that? Because presumably you're going to be unarmed. Do you want to walk into a noise complaint situation nope. as a community liaison? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at two in the morning. Right. Do you want to do you want to uh, go to a a call for a, a, a misbehaving juvenile uh, missing uh, curfew, for example? You want to go to that call? You're a civilian, presumably unarmed. You don't know what's going to come of that. Joe, I'll answer your question this way. I don't even want to go to the Twins game. It's Let a crying shame that. that these people right. are so blind. They're just blind. 
Emperor has no clothes and nobody will address it. Well, that's why at least Kramer's thoughts that he you know uh, gave on was it Saturday or Sunday? They were Kramer is the president of the Minneapolis Downtown Council, which is a, a group of people who are cheerleaders for the city and, and want it to flourish. And he's watching it disappear before his very eyes. And he called out, you got to get to the families. The families can solve this, not community ambassadors. It's got to start at home. And then people say to me, well, what will more cops do? Well, first of all... Uh, more cops mean uh, more eyes on bad guys. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Paul, for example, remember uh, Melvin Carter famously turned down a request to get the shot spotter. Well, what does the shot spotter do? It alerts bad guys to the idea that cops are going to be on them much quicker right. than they can be without a shot spotter. It's gaining in an advantage. Uh, it's uh, more it's cops, a shame, Joe. More cops. Um, never mind more cops. We're out 200 cops in Minneapolis since this time last year. Yeah, and they're down in St. Paul. have left the city of Minneapolis since this time last year. More cops. We just need 200 more to get to where we used to be. St. Paul was 639 in 2019. It's now uh, 585. And the uh, applicants for the academy are dwindling. Is there any wonder? When they can't uh, well, get any respect from, they can't get any respect from anybody. But chiefly, they can't even get any respect from the people who hire them. Well, the people God who hire this. them have put together a commission to disabuse people of the notion that you even need police. Right, right. Thank goodness for the Office of Violence Prevention that sent small groups to downtown over the weekend. Yeah. Seen oh, a big change. Helpful. Seen the big they change. Do you get a badge for being in that, Kenny? Do you know? It's just a card. Just a bunch of business cards. Oh, is that what yeah. it is? Okay. Handing out my business card. What's nice. wrong with Kenny's mic? Nothing. Oh. I just, that sounded like a dumb question, so I didn't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you know I, uh, what the Kenny snub is. That was the Kenny snub. I just recently escaped the noise of the real world, but I did not go to Giants Ridge yet. That's going to be my summer treat. Giants Ridge, where I'm going to play the Quarry and the Legend Golf Courses. They're both open. It's the greatest value in Minnesota golf. You're not going to find two better public courses closer to each other for the price. 37-hole special, play the legend and the quarry. 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf, plus lunch between rounds for one rate, $160 plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. It's, but it's more than golf. It's the woods and the lakes and the, and the hills and the hiking and the biking. It's just an amazing, amazing layout. Water recreation. They got the uh, newest lift-served mountain bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and more. They'll put together a tournament for you. Learn more and book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or call 218-865-8030. G 
GLers, tonight is the night. The Father's Day limited edition pop-up store closes tonight. Rook, guess what? What? Uh, we have a couple of flags left. Oh, my God. Uh, first of all, after I sold this on Friday, I can't believe there's any left at all. But there's a, we have a, a little bit less than a dozen flags left for this pop-up shop. What are you waiting for? We shouldn't have any. We should be sold out. And which, This is your last chance today? 11.59 tonight. Also, a couple of those awesome GL trucker hats are left. And we have uh, the Dum Dum shirts, the Royal Order of the 21sters shirts. All of those are available online. But you got to act now because it's closing tonight at 11.59. Uh, the GL pop-up shop is available online right Damn. now at garagelogic.com. Bruh. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. I don't know if anybody has told you, but that deck off the back of your house is gross. Get rid of that thing. <laughs> it's time for that thing to go. You've got to put a new one in its place. It's time for you to get on the web. Click over to Aim High Construction, MN.com. Roofing, siding, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, you name it. Uh, they can do it. Aim High Construction, they've done it all, including commercial work. But uh, since this COVID deal has screwed everything up, we're going to give them a lot of time to find the material, to get you on the schedule, to make sure you're paying the least amount of money for the best materials available, and uh, a, a time in the future where they can get it done and, and get it done toot sweet, as they say. So you need to make the call today and get that gross deck out of there. See when Chris and his team at Aim High can come out and uh, replace that crappy thing for you. They do almost everything. They're perfectionists. It's got to be perfect with these guys. You can see for yourself. Log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com. Today is the first day of what the salon believes to be the answer to uh, the crime problem in Minneapolis. Uh, community members will join together uh, and go out on community patrols beginning today. All right. Do they have a vehicle? 59 Pontiac Ambulance Hearse. I thought maybe those are little Shriners cars that they drive around. In the they go tried this before, didn't they, Rook? The Citizens on Patrol? Yes. What was that in? Um, I don't remember. That but was it, Police Academy, it, it wasn't it? Starting it Monday, work. Minneapolis faith leaders are launching what they are calling 21 Days of Peace. Community members can sign up for daily shifts in patrol areas that are seeing violence. It's a plan city leaders say they fully support. This has to be a both-end approach right now, Minneapolis Mayor Small Fry said. It's community, it's law enforcement, it's the Office of Violence Prevention, prevention and let's just be very clear when you have bullets flying like they've been it's unacceptable we cannot tolerate it as a city and together we all need to unite around the cause well if we could only turn back the clock small fry and unelect all you morons <laughs> minneapolis police chief madaria arredondo said the concern that i have is when we are silent as a community. That silence is deafening. When we are silent as a community and are not shown in those spaces, then the bad actors and perpetrators feel they have free reign, and that can't happen. The goal of the community patrols is to deter violence, but also to offer resources for housing and job opportunities. Let me pause right there. Let me stop right there. Job opportunities. Do you realize anybody who wants a job right now can get a job? You'd be hired oh boy. today. Yep. Oh boy. So we're staying, uh, we were in La Crosse. Our car group was in La Crosse Saturday, Saturday night. And they made an announcement 
There will be no breakfast uh, at a Radisson. There'll be no breakfast tomorrow. And, and I knew instantly why. They don't have any staff. You're kidding me. They yeah. had a job fair at the Radisson. Two people showed up. Wow. Jeez. Two people. Here's a highly functioning chain of, of hotels that can't offer its... I, I, I said, I think you should be providing a discount then, but I was only being somewhat facetious. They can't offer their guests any breakfast opportunities and it's because no one will show up to work wow Wow. you know and they're throwing benefits at them and increased daily wages and every hourly wages and they have a job fair they're having trouble hiring people for all manner of jobs in the hotel did you guys see the story over the weekend that uh, we're going to introduce a bill to pay two thousand dollars for employees to return to work I did not see that. <laughs> wow. Think of that, all of you that have already been going in for the last 14 months. Yeah, yeah you essential workers. Get this. On Friday, uh, the gang of us stopped at a barbecue joint in West Salem, Wisconsin. Go in, uh, fairly noted. We had, we had previewed it on the Google. Go in, and the lady said, uh, it'll be a, and, and self-serve. You go up to the counter and get what you want, and then you can, like a Subway sandwich place. Sure. And and uh, the lady said, "Sorry, guys, it'll be at least an hour. I've I, I've been calling people all morning, but I can't get anybody into work." Mm. Wow! Think of the money these places are losing. Our group represented a couple of hundred bucks, and they can't get employees. Why didn't one of you knuckleheads take over and handle it? Serve Joe, yourself. put on the old chef's hat, huh? Get back there. Get her on put there. April. Oh, start going there. <laughs> Is that gas or electric? Over the weekend, hundreds of people showed up to a community meeting at Shiloh Temple to volunteer. The efforts come after a string of shootings in Minneapolis, including a shootout that left two people dead and eight others injured outside the Monarch nightclub in downtown Saturday. There is a suspect in custody for that, by the way. Uh, Families of the three children recently shot in Minneapolis, of course, are demanding answers. In recent weeks, a six-year-old girl died. Following a Minneapolis shooting, a 10-year-old boy and a 9-year-old girl are still in the hospital. Every day, every day we wake up and it starts all over again. The pain and the hurt, it starts all over again. Rashawn Smith, 9-year-old Trinity Otteson Smith's father, said it's a terrible thing to have to feel. And he he really had some heartfelt quotes. I heard him interviewed. He's the father of the 9-year-old girl who was shot on the trampoline. Yeah. And he said, this is not our lifestyle. He's a black man. But he was saying, in other words, he was thinking people might just assume that his child was automatically in harm's way. He said, I go to school. I work. I support my family. This is not our lifestyle. This, meaning she was an innocent girl at a birthday party. Right. Mm-hmm. It, <sighs> and you know the one thing that's really starting to irritate me? And Kenny, I know you've been indoctrinated in this given your other duties here. But I'm, I'm so tired of the pushback from the other side saying, downtown's not that bad, or you don't live downtown, so yet you, you don't have the authority to rip downtown in its current conditions, to which I just want to hurl stuff I can't say on this show. Right. Shut your mouth. You're either putting your head in the sand, or you're just ignorant, or you're blind. I'm so tired of that, that line coming from the, the, the left that really wants to pretend that nothing's wrong here. 
or you can't comment on it because you don't live in Minneapolis. I've worked in Minneapolis for 20 years. Police say detectives are working around the clock on the investigations of the children being shot. Anyone with information is asked to contact Crime Stoppers. There is a reward of 30 grand for any information leading to an arrest in the children's cases. Okay, when the salon gets done screwing up the police, are there still going to be detectives to work around the clock to solve the murder of a child? Well, they're probably the detectives will probably be put out on the street. There should be a march for more police. Yeah. There yeah. should be a march for more police. There should be a rally for more police. I don't disagree I with you, and this subject came up a couple of couple of days ago, Joe. I would do it too, but can you imagine the fear of those that would want to do that? And then the pushback and the anti uh, groups that would march against them it would be a it would be bad it'd be a bad scene who in god's name is in favor of chaos bad uh, guys yep and the salon they might not be in favor of it but they don't know how to temper it there's also a that's famous, what i don't understand yep, yep. i don't understand this how do they not see that their actions have caused this and why do they keep pushing why are they in favor of this? Because that's what this is. It's chaos. It's anarchy. Well, and we are going to be talking to Steve Kramer in about 15 minutes or so on the podcast. He's the president of the Minneapolis Downtown Council, and I think, I think he might have had some sort of epiphany uh, after Friday night when he said, look, families, family, this is a family problem. It starts when these kids are born. Right. And, and and you community liaison, you're not going to solve it. And it's not the fault of a police department. No. This is a breakdown but, of moral and ethical integrity across all socioeconomic strata, across all races. Did you read about, oh, this is so terrible, the mother of a six-year-old boy who was the victim of an apparent road rage shooting last week in Southern California, recalled the devastating moment that she realized her son had been shot. Joanna Clunan, the mother of Aiden Leos, told NBC San Diego she was driving on Northbound 55 Freeway in Orange County at about 8 a.m. on Friday when she was cut off by a couple in a white Volkswagen. She told the station that she was merging away from the carpool lane and heard a loud noise. And I heard my son say, ow. Leos was sitting in a booster seat Jesus. in the back seat. He had been shot. She pulled over as soon as she could. She called 911 and did her best to save him, but he was losing too much blood. He was rushed to Children's oh. Hospital where he was pronounced dead. Good no. There is a report. Uh, there is uh, Fox 11 Los Angeles reported that there is a reward for information leading to an arrest tied to the shooting. The station's uh, reported that the family's GoFundMe page has raised 173 grand. Uh, Due to the outpouring, oh, okay. Oh. The report said the vehicle may be a newer Volkswagen sedan. Florentino Oliveira, an officer from California Highway Patrol, told Fox 11 the shooting was an ice isolated road rage incident between the mom and another driver. Uh, Clunan told NBC her son was special. Okay, apparently what she did is she flipped the guy off. Ooh. She gave him the finger. You know what? It's too risky Let to do that go. anymore. Let it go. It's not it's, worth it. It's too risky. You just never know. And and there's too much anger out there. There's just too much anger. Why is there so much why is there so much anger from from everybody? White, Asian, black. I mean it's everybody. Everybody is angry on the road. 
violence and insults hurled at Jewish people in this country, there's too damn much anger. Now, that's worth exploring. Uh, it obviously is related, however peripherally, to everything we talk about. Yes. I think a big part of it, too, is people are just, they're, they're, they've broken. They've, they're so frustrated by everything that's transpired over the last year and a half. They're snapping. You mean exacerbated by COVID? Yes. Yeah. You know, people have lost jobs. People have lost pay. People have lost a lot of things. All because we're, of this. We're not, not going to define what, what's causing this, this anger. We're not going to get to the bottom of that. But no. Such, I have a question for you. Steve Kramer, um, I, I love the guy, and I think he's right on, and he, he brought up something that you've been uh, saying for years, but we need, we need change right now before the sun goes down today. Right. Does he yeah. have any ideas for that? Well, we'll find out. That's my concern. I mean, right now. The future, is, the future isn't going to happen. The future isn't coming. We need help. We need change right this instant. <clears throat> what is, what, again, what is change? Is it tolerance? Is it uh, um, tolerance? We talked about it last week. We need all the cops, know all these bangers by name, all these thugs, as the reverend calls them. Yep. They need to be arrested right now today. And, and, and not held, released. And held TFN. Just held. Get them off the street. That's how it starts. And, and I judges. realize that's that's breaking. You know that probably can't be done. But that's what needs to. These guys need to be taken out of circulation from age 11 to 40, 50. However, all of them they need to be arrested and held. And judges can't release them. Right. F- first and second time offenders. No, no, you're done. And if you got if you commit a gun crime, uh, why isn't it an automatic five years in prison? Automatic. Automatic five years in prison. No, can't do that. Because you've been dealing with a soft no. salon. We can blame the gun, Such. Not, and you've not been dealing, yeah. Wow. Been dealing with a failed academy that produces a soft salon. It's the only thing that's going to work. You got Al Sharpton and, in town talking about police brutality when we should be talking about the deaths of the three children. And obviously that violates your constitutional rights. So what's going to happen? Vigilante groups, that's what's going to happen. People are finally going to get sick of what's going on here, and they're going to go out and start taking these people out one by one. That's what's going to happen. Well, I, I mean, I'd even be more Attila the Hun. Uh, if you arrest a kid, I don't care what race, if you arrest a kid and he has a gun and he can't, he can't demonstrate the gun's ownership history, you f- five years, you're done. You're going to prison for five years. Yep. I don't even care if he shot anybody. You're done. No, but Joe, he's turning his life around, Joe. No, he's not. He's got a gun on him. He's not They're all turning their yeah, lives around. The I've been turning my life around for the last 50 years. <laughs> Give me a break. A five will get you 10 that the guy who shot the little boy in California was a white guy. There's yep. no evidence that we're dealing with a racial situation there. It's everywhere. The yeah. anger's across all boards. Yep. And let's not kid ourselves. It's it's everywhere around here. Once you get out of the, the Twin Cities, that's one good thing about getting on the road and taking the back roads. You really, you really don't experience a lot of anger when you're surrounded by nothing but farms. You're Boy, just you're surrounded by you're just surrounded by animals. This must be the birthing season for cows, right? Yes. Yeah, I saw a lot of a lot of them baby cows. Yeah, a lot of cows going around. I think, I think the the 
birthing season is year round, like like humans. They don't they don't get randy. They don't, at a yeah, they time don't of year. slam the clock. You well, know? it's yeah. first of May. <laughs> She should be coming around the corner any time here. Yeah, that's the that one out that's of the cicadas. way. That's cicadas. Oh, okay. Well, with all this talk of downtown and what's happening to it, man, I, I think employers and employees would be thrilled to uh, consider working in a rolling, shaded, park-like surrounding uh, Mendota Heights where you have access to 55, 62, 494, and 694. That's center point of Mendota Heights. It's a commercial office park. You park in front of your office. You don't have elevator weights. You haven't fought downtown construction. You haven't fought anything. You enter a peaceful area where there's trails and bike trails and places to have lunch right outside your office. You can customize your own space. It's an eight-building campus you can just choose the right amount of space for your business. Work work has changed. COVID has changed it. Crime has changed it. These are single-story office spaces, no elevators to wait for. Uh, patio space available for relaxing lunches. Take a drone tour. Go to escapetomendota.com. That's one word, escapetomendota.com. These are owned and operated by local guys. It's a wonderful, wonderful setting. I went there. I advise you to if you are considering a new workplace. Center point of Mendota Heights. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip. Not a nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. So we actually received a seafoam letter. It's, it's been a while, a month or so, from uh, and a pic. A picture uh, uh, was included with this from uh, this GL or Carrie. Uh, the letter reads, it's a short one. This mower hadn't been started for two years, and my kid pulled the starter dozens of times. Mom showed up with seafoam and Viola, freshly <laughs> mowed yard. I believe that's voila. 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 It ain't Viola. Viola's my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that easy. Oh. Seafoam, it does work wonders in this world of bad gas. And in other seafoam product news, my own son gently chastised me yesterday for my squeaky back screen door. A squeak so common that I've actually stopped noticing it. He gives, uh, he gives me one of those, you know, a little, a little deep creep will take care of that squeak pops. Uh, and he was right, it did. And while I was at it, I deep creeped my 22 rifle that was leaning in the corner and Viola, her action is fast and smooth oh again. Uh, I'm so stupid. It's available all over the globe. It's an amazing product in a world of squeaks, rust, and bad gas. It is seafoam. Scott from Invergrove, who is never afraid and always pushing back. He's virtually been the show's COVID correspondent over the past year. He had his own bout with it. He's writing, and he, I have found him to be entirely credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is writing today on a completely different topic that's amazing. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you. I am referencing last Tuesday's program and the discussion about UFOs just last week. I mean, let me pause and even set this up better to be more credible. The Pentagon will be releasing a report to the public in June. I think it's going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I am referencing last Tuesday's program and the discussion about UFOs. Just last week, my wife and I experienced what can only be explained as an encounter with an unidentified flying object. 
Around 8 p.m., we were traveling home on Highway 52 in Invergrove Heights. It was one of those rare but delightful nights where there was not a cloud to be seen in any direction for miles. As we approached the exit ramp, I noticed a very small cloud floating in the vicinity of our home. At this point, I thought he was going to be telling me a joke. I remarked to my wife, that I have heard that when you see a cloud all by itself on a blue sky day, it is actually an alien spacecraft cloaking itself to look like a cloud. She scoffed at me, but as we continued to view this albatross sitting all by itself in the sky, she became just as amazed as I. As we stopped at the top of the exit ramp, we looked away from the cloud for just a brief moment to check for traffic. Immediately, we looked back up at the cloud, but it was gone as if it had never been there. Mm. A few minutes later, after we arrived home, I immediately took the dog out for a walk. As I walked across the street, I looked up in the direction of where that small cloud had been, and there was now a cloud 20 times larger than the original cloud, sitting in the exact same position as the smaller cloud. I continued to gaze at this massive cloud, only to see it slowly shrink and within a few minutes totally disappear without a trace. Again, leaving only clear blue sky in every direction my eyes could see. I can't prove a damn thing, but I can tell you there is no weather phenomenon that can explain what I witnessed last Tuesday. I went online to see if there were any YouTube videos of similar phenomenon. As luck would have it, there was a video of a similar sighting happening down in Arizona, so I felt soulless that I wasn't losing my mind. Bottom line is my opinion that we are definitely not alone. Never afraid and pushing back Scott from Inver Grove. How come I never see? I'm devoted to it. My eyes on the sky all the time. I keep missing stuff. Gabe was just at a uh, friend's cabin this weekend, and he saw the um, the satellite, uh, what Elon Musk's satellite stream, and he said it was the coolest thing he's ever seen. Wait, no, no, wait. Does that leave? Does it have a tail? I haven't because seen it, so I don't know. Last week at 11 p.m., I realized that I had not turned the lights off or locked my shop. So I walk down there. It's about 100 yards away from the house in my underpants. And as I'm walking, I didn't need I that. Yeah, too much. I'm walking, <laughs> I'm walking directly north to the northeast. I see a, a tail, something bright with a tail, and it was moving slowly, and it took two minutes for that thing and it and it was heading down to the northeast and it took at least two minutes for that thing to disappear down below the horizon i, bet that was I have it. no idea what it was but it wow. had a tail well, yeah then you, you saw a, a comet maybe yeah we ain't alone though either comets got tails i don't know what it was but it it's the strangest thing i've ever seen you just pointed your finger up in the sky and said viola no, 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 Rick, you're mixing that up. He had a donut in his hand and pointed and said, I think she right went over right there. over there. Right over there between them houses. <laughs> <laughs> Say the uh, the wild, uh, uh, I, I made a pronouncement uh, Thursday night. No. No, it would have been Tuesday night. No. No, no, I gave him the Friday. split in Vegas. I was all right with the split in Vegas, but I okay. Thursday night, I texted some hockey freaks in the family, and I said, "I believe this game is the most important game in the franchise's history." And I, I still, I still meant that because here's what I meant by it. it's going to sound silly, but I know what I mean. Uh, I think the club. I'm, I'm, I'm weakening on that. But as going into Thursday's game, I thought the Wild were were a good enough club to win a Stanley Cup. I really yep. did. Yes. Yep. And and but to win the cup, you got to get there. 
So yep, I, I was right. yep. I was well. So I'm thinking you you can't let this one go tonight. This is a must win. You cannot let Vegas take two here. You were saying you were saying that about the last game. No, I was saying this about Thursday's game, uh, which oh. they lost, and yep. then they also lost Saturday's game. Well, if you want to analyze it on paper, the problem is Kaprasov. He's got one point. Well, he's a minus six. But he's getting mugged. I know. He's a minus six, though. He's on the ice, and he's getting the crap beat out of him, but he's on the ice when the other team is scoring. Yeah, Kaprizov is what you meant to say, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and, and so, the, the game on Thursday, though, they came out of the shoot. With their hair on fire, they played really well. Who? But the so, Wild. Yeah, Flurry's been so amazing. I, yep. I've been watching all these other games though, um, and we're playing just as good as anybody in the playoffs right now. You know, we're not stinking it up. No, but uh, it's over. Uh, you're you're yeah, not gonna. It's over. You're not gonna get out of Vegas. I'm sorry. Uh, so therefore, I'll never know if it's a club good enough to win a cup. But well, going you, into Thursday's game, I said this is the most important game in franchise history, and I think so. I'm you be think they've right. mentally? You think they've mentally checked out, and they're not going to? They don't have the I'm not resilience. Up on them. I'm not they're not going to be stout. They're not going to come out to what it's well, tonight, right? Big let's, win tonight. Let's get to our guest Steve Kramer and see if he has any thoughts on the wild hockey game. Oh, I'm glad he called us. <laughs> I want to talk to Steve. <laughs> Steve uh, Kramer, president of the Minneapolis Downtown Council. Uh, what in God's name is your job must be like right now? Uh, well, uh, hi, hi, Joe, and go wild. Huh. That's my yeah. first, first comment. Um, it was a tough, tough weekend uh, on top of a tough, tough 14 months. But, uh, you know, I think the overall momentum downtown, honestly, is positive, Joe. We're seeing people coming back to office. Obviously, the Twins and the Lynx and the Timberwolves are back. Uh, but... Weekends like this just don't help. And uh, on top of the tragedy, it's unimaginable to me that uh, that young man from St. Thomas uh, ex- uh, is dead on yep. his graduation weekend. Yep. Um, we just have to we have to do better as a community, and and that's you know what we're all resolved to do over here. Is your council ever involved in discussions to, uh, to offer advice? What, in other words, what would you do? What would you do? You can't have yeah. another weekend like that in downtown Minneapolis. Well, the city can't I, afford it. Yeah, no, I've been, you know, I've been around here for a while now, doing a lot of different jobs, and uh, I, I have seen the efficacy of strong law enforcement work in situations like this. Mm-hmm. And so, that's to me, that's where you start. It's not the only thing we need to do to keep our city as a whole safe. And I believe in other strategies as well, and frankly, the downtown business community invests in those kinds of strategies, Joe, but when it comes to a situation like bar closed in the warehouse district late night with attracting people who are just going to behave in ways like those two individuals did uh, Saturday morning, law enforcement is the first line of defense, and we have been somewhat neutered here. We have fewer officers for a variety of reasons. We have officers who, uh, for understandable reasons in my mind, feel somewhat uh, reluctant to, to do the job the way it needs to be done at times. I think we've got great leadership, frankly, from the chief and certainly our first precinct commander, but they need to be able to do their job effectively. And that's where it starts for me. And uh, we're not there yet. We've got to get there or we're going to have some more challenges as a community, not just downtown, but throughout our city. Don't you have some beliefs that this is a, a fundamental problem that that really starts with families? 
Well, I, I think there are a lot of root, root causes, and part of my career has been devoted to dealing with root causes, creating affordable housing opportunities, creating job training, et cetera. I believe strongly in that. But I think there's a new root cause that we're dealing with right now, which is that there are a number of people, I don't think it's a large number, but enough to be a real problem, who just feel like they can act with impunity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that is that's a that is an issue. If you don't feel like there are going to be consequences, you don't care what the consequences are, you know, that is, that is challenging. And, mm-hmm. and so we do have to respond to that as a community. As I said, kind of law enforcement, effective judicial treatment, you know, the prosecutors and the judges are part of this as well. But yeah, there's a there's a family and there's a value and there's a values and there's a uh, how do I behave in society component to that that you know we can't ignore. Uh, uh, and I I don't I think that is a part of the issue here. How frustrating is it for you to be dealing with a political situation that is predisposed to not even wanting the police? Well, it's it's a part of our reality, and so it, it you know you can get frustrated about it, but. I think more importantly, we just have to kind of deal with it, both through engaging the council members and and, and the mayor's office uh, on this issue, advocating as strongly as we can for appropriate investments in law enforcement and all the other strategies that are important to make our communities safe. And we do have an election over here this year, and so I think the business community and others are going to also look at the various candidates and what their positions are and try to have our voice heard in that electoral process as well, along with all the voters in Minneapolis. So uh, frustrating, yes, but that, that's no, no excuse for not engaging and, and, and doing the best we can on all of those fronts. And so that's where a lot of energy is being put right now. Steve, I'm so glad to hear you say the part about bar clothes, because uh, I spent a, a long stretch of my time in the service industry and the vast majority of the problems, especially near the warehouse district where I spent a lot of my weekends over the years, it happens between one and two o'clock in the morning. Do you think that the uh, maybe cutting off an hour and going back to the one p.m. bar close time is an option in Minneapolis? One a.m. Sorry, mean. sorry, one a.m. Right. Well, I think, frankly, all options need to be on the table while we kind of get a handle on this. Uh, but I think whatever that whatever that close time is, you know, the dynamics that we saw this weekend could be at play. And so, again, I think what we really need to do is, is have a security plan uh, that's going to be effective, and then we need to continue to work on this issue of, of kind of behavioral expectations. Uh, so there's no plans to, to change, you know, Barclays' time right now. That was certainly a discussion about this, this past weekend, but the decision was that wasn't the right call here. The right call going forward is to make sure that we've got a situation where the warehouse district can be safe and, and vibrant for the people who just want to come down and enjoy themselves in our downtown. That's what we have to accomplish. Didn't achieve it this past weekend. we got to focus on that going forward. Kenny, you uh, didn't turn your mic back on. Kenny, I'm sorry. Kenny, you that. have to have a microphone. <laughs> okay. Let, let me use the microphone for which it was intended. Uh, and Steve, that was my question. I live out here uh, in the land of rocks and cows, and I repeatedly hear from my, my friends and neighbors, I'm not going back. I'm not going down to see the Twins game. I'm not, not going down for uh, basketball. I, I'm just not going back to downtown Minneapolis or the cities in general. What do you say to those folks that, you know, that normally used to come down a couple times a year to see a Twins game? Yeah, I do. I do hear that. Uh, I think you know, on the positive side, that, that just use the Twins as an example. I mean, they are hyper focused on that very issue for their fan base, 
and they've been polling people who have been coming down for games. And so far, the overwhelming response has been, it was a good experience. It was a safe experience. So we have to continue to, to make it that way, make that be the reality. And then I think over time, the perception will begin to, to follow. But again, situations like what we had this past weekend, even though it occurred at a very different set of uh, time of day, and the individuals involved were, uh, you know, kind of knew each other or, or at least had a, a, a beef among themselves. They weren't necessarily looking to hurt others, but the way they behaved obviously did. Um, I think we have to recognize that that's a little bit different than what you see during the workday and even during the kind of early evening time when theater goers or Twins games would be would be letting out. We have to keep that positive experience going, though, because, you know, uh, the reality of, of safety downtown is, is a real issue. The perception often outstrips that reality. And so every time we have a situation like this that feeds that perception, then it just becomes more and more challenging to convince people to come down and put their toe back on the water. Well, I don't envy your job, sir. Uh, you're in a tough stretch yeah. of time right now. I appreciate appreciate the chance to visit with you, and uh, uh, let's all let's all pull together and uh, try to move things forward in a positive way because we've got a lot at stake in terms of the downtown economy, feeding the region and the state, and That's right. we've got to bring it back strong. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Steve Kramer's president of the downtown council. Wow. You know, he touched on a point there that we, we really haven't touched on much. It's important to the state that Minneapolis not collapse. Yep. Just think of the finance just think of the capital generated in downtown Minneapolis. Yes, Kenny. So is that why the governor hasn't said one damn word about any of these shootings? Is he protecting uh, our investment, the city of Minneapolis. Why aren't we hearing anything from him? What's going on? I, I don't know, but I, it's it's occurring to me that if Minneapolis does in fact cease to exist as a functioning center of commerce, that's that's a, a blow that the state might yeah. not. Well, the state could not recover from. Right? No, well, no, Kenny, absolutely I, not. I think I have your answer, Kenny. Uh, Walls is too busy signing his next 30 days of executive orders uh, so he can remain king of the land. So he just extended? Yeah, he's just he's too busy with other with COVID, so he can't uh, he can't talk about crime. That's well, just despicable. We don't get one word out of him about this. You know, he can go on and on and on about global bleeping warming or masks or this, that, and the other that doesn't matter to any of us. But he can't say one word about this. Uh, well, I can't. I can't speak to that because I, I, I don't follow every proclamation from him. So if, I, I don't know if he's talked about it or not. I, he, he, he might. But not. doesn't Kramer at least give us a glimpse of hope that we we've got someone inside that's an adult? Well, yes, yes. You know what course. I mean? Of course. But what an unenviable task he has. Oh God. Uh, I mean, he's going to give you the positive spin, but he has to. That's yeah. If he speaks doom job. and gloom, yeah. watch those real estate prices. But I have no desire to go downtown Minneapolis. No desire. Well, and I I will dispute one thing that he said, and th- I thank him for joining us. But the the part about the, the time of day, yeah. that's not true. I told you guys I went to the Twins game a week ago today. Yep. And I saw drug dealing. What it was. Five thirty, six o'clock, right up, right in front of me for me to rook away. Oh. Well, that's because they're empowered because there's not they're, enough yes, police on the street. They're bold. They don't. They they don't fear consequences. No. And he actually did say that, I guess, in his press release earlier. 
Well, empower yourself. Get an e-bike. There we go. No, that's that's empowerment, man. When you get all that help riding up a hill with a Bintelli e-bike or Yamaha e-bike from EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, they've got a great inventory. Lots of places don't. They've got an inventory. But uh, what I like the most is you're going to get the correct fit, which is crucial. Uh, maybe you're a new rider. You're going to get the right frame size. You're going to get the right saddle. You're going to get the right handlebar adjustment. You're going to get the right size tires. They're experts at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, I'm driving up and down 61. Where's EcoFun? I, and I, he, he said, never mind. I'm in front of it. <laughs> then, he, then he hung up the phone and went in and bought a Bentelli e-bike, nice. I think. Nice. Also, uh, scooters. Gas-powered scooters that turn urban errands into adventures, full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, and a great service department. But the inventory is there. The summer riding season is here. EcoFun Motorsports on the Highway of Love, Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Better than a good day at work. So... By my standards, that means a bad day fishing with a good cigar is probably the best day ever. And the best way to make that great bad day fishing is to get that great cigar from Sodi's. That was a long way, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when you roll into Sodi's to buy your cigars, you'll find out it's a great experience, a great shop with a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars, a wonderful smoking lounge, uh, all separated from the purchasing area. And it has a state-of-the-art ventilation system in, so you can go in, smoke your cigar, walk out, and not carry that smell home with you. The only thing missing here is a fishing pond or a creek. Uh, the guys at Sodi's, they have the knowledge to pick out exactly what's right for you. Cigars, that is, not crawlers or minnows. Uh, but if you're an old cigar pro, in that case, look into joining the Sodi's Club. That's a special membership. You receive a personal cigar locker there in the store and a 15% discount on all merchandise. They're located right off Highway 36, south side of 36 on Osgood and Stillwater. It's the last light right before you head over the new bridge. Hang a right on Osgood. You'll see Sodi's Cigar and Pipe immediately on your right. You'll also find them at Sodi'sCigars.com. And when you roll in there, tell them that the uh, crew at Garage Logic Podcast sent you. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. It's entirely possible that you could spend too much money on a safe at that big discount box store where you think you're going to save money. If you need a safe, you need a safe guy. Log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com and say hello to Rich. He's the owner of Maple Grove Lock and Safe. And you can see the Liberty Safe made in the United States of America. It's the best safe ever made. And our guy, Rich, he's been saving all of us money for over 30 years in Maple Grove. He's offering full residential and commercial lock and safe services at competitive prices. And I'm talking all sorts of safes, from the tiny little units that you can lock away in your vehicle or your nightstand to big, huge standalone units and vault doors. I've actually decided I'm putting a vault door in place of my front door so you just can't get in ever. Uh, but in addition to Liberty Safe, Rich, he also carries other brands and offers full commercial and residential lock and safe services. Save yourself some money. Allow Rich to educate you and help you out. And if you hadn't had it, have a chance yet, do it. Log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. May I, uh, before I get to something that's always fascinated me, it's now been solved, by the way. Uh, how's that for a tease? 
Uh, may I have a little gripe session? Do it. Let's you do know, it. You know, it, it's right up there with, do you got any plans for the weekend? Yeah. Oh, well, you guys love when I ask you that. You can't buy or do anything now without getting a survey from these people that want you to respond. How was your experience with this? You buy a car, you're going to have to fill out 15 of these damn things. You stay in a hotel, you're not even home before the email arrives. Please tell us about your our, our stay. Oh well, my stay was dreadful because you couldn't offer breakfast because nobody will work. See? But it's everything you do, you're going to end up getting a survey of, how did we do? Right. How did we do? Right. You, know, you got any plans for the weekend? Hey, um, Joe. What? I have a secret for you. What? Don't respond. Oh, ignore it. I thought you had to. No, you can when, just delete I have a when, question for you, Joe. When, I thought it was against the law if you if yeah, I thought it was throw a law. The slammer. Yeah. Okay, when now for something that, that when they huh? ask me that in person, Such, yeah. I just give them the blank stare. Yeah. Or if I have to, it's mind your own business. Yeah. Well, I know what they're up to. They're it's it's good marketing if you can in a sap like me will sit there and fill it out. But they ask questions like, if we served breakfast, what would you have had? Now for something that completely, uh, I've always been fascinated. I, I, I was reminded of this with this terrible story of 21 uh, Japan, uh, Chinese ultramarathoners died yep. mm. on an ultramarathon in northwestern China when they got trapped by hail, freezing rain, and gale force winds in a high-altitude race. And it, and it put me in mind of the Dyatlov mystery. We've talked about it on the show before. The, uh, the Russian cross-country skiers who took a very demanding uh, uh, trip into the Ural Mountains in 1958, and they were all discovered dead, and, and the theories were that a Yeti had gotten them or aliens had torn their eyeballs out. Remember their, their tent? Does anybody remember the Dyatlov mm -hmm. uh, Yes, I remember. I remember. I don't, I don't. not an expert, Jesus but I know Christ. of it. Uh, and, and their tent was slit from the inside, yep. and uh, some of the... Uh, Wait a minute. You're upset with us because we've, we've, we've known this... about the story? Why are you mad at us? <laughs> you got frustrated and said... Well, you, but, but there was such silence, I didn't know if you knew about the story or not. Yeah, Rook's, Rook answered for all of us. Okay, it's been solved. There's a great piece in The New Yorker, <laughs> the May 17th issue of The New Yorker, and uh, a, a prosecutor... Uh, in Yekaterinburg, Andrea Kuryakov was put in charge of the, of the Russians said, once and for all, will somebody get to the bottom of this damn thing? Right, we want answers. And, and so this guy put together a, a winter expedition to the site in 2019. They took measurements. They sort of surveyed, photographed, conducted a variety of experiments. They used photogrammetry of the pictures taken in 1959 and tried Close. to establish, well, whatever that is, uh, tried to uh, get to the precise location of the tent. The spot they settled on was several hundred feet from a cairn marking the previously accepted location on a steeper section of the uh, slope. Okay, I, I won't read you the whole thing. The sure. bottom line is what they discovered, and it really reads true. You, can, you can't really dispute it. They weren't undone by Russian military. They weren't undone by uh, aliens. They weren't undone by a Yeti. Uh, they were undone by a slab of snow mm. that fell onto their tent uh, that was so heavy 
Uh, it broke some bones in some of them because they Come found on. broken bones, broken bones. And to get out, they had to slit the tent from the inside. And then they escaped in a variety of directions where they were subsequently found, some in a creek bed, uh, some under a tree where they had tried to light a fire. Uh, and that would, that resulted in some scorching. And it, it just reads like a mystery that's been solved. And, and as for the missing eyes and noses, uh, that was attributed to animals, small animals wow. that, that, that found uh, these victims and uh, dined on them. Jeez. And uh, it, 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 it's all been put together now. Over the years, of course, it's been more entertaining to think that it was uh, Yetis and Martians and uh, secret Russian military works. But no, it was a natural phenomenon uh, that they did not survive. May I ask a question? Yes. Um, Mr. President, um, how do you what do you how do you pronounce it? Grammatry? Uh, a grammatry is uh, an arbor planted by your mother's mother. <laughs> it's called a grammatry. Grammatry. Uh, let's let's go with the uh, let's go with the word again. Photo. Grammatry. I'm right. Photogrammetry. G r a m m e t r y. Photogrammetry. You take a picture with your grandma right next to it after she planted it. Hey, grammar tree. That's grammar tree. <laughs> did, you, did you plant that near the brush? Yeah, over the brush, just over the hill. I had my white pickup. <laughs> yeah. Are you allowed to drive that? Yes, sir. I'm a property. Okay. Any more I questions? miss you. I, I miss you in the office of the president. I miss you, too. Yeah. I, miss, I miss our secret hugs <laughs> no, behind closed doors. Never, never had that. Some cheap yeah. wine, a candle. Kuryakov closed his press conference by declaring formally, this is it. The case is closed. And uh, I, I agree that the case is closed. That was in the May 17th issue of the New Yorker magazine, of all places. A really nice piece. But when I saw that those 21 China uh, Chinese ultramarathoners were wiped out in what sounds on hot like similar circumstances... Uh, just unbelievably bad weather. And, These uh, some of those runners were like big league marathoners. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, there's all, and I don't know how the the marathons work in China, but here there is they a, just run right. It's like <laughs> jogging. But here there's a set of people. My wife ran Duluth three three times, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a set of people that can, they watch nothing but the weather because if the conditions are not right, they will not let the people run. Right. Regardless of how many. But these are commies. What do they care? That's true. You know, what do they care? It was well. Let me see if I can answer that. Got it. Uh, uh, the runners were racing on an extremely narrow mountain path at altitudes of sixty-five hundred and ninety-eight hundred feet. The sixty-mile race was held Saturday in the Yellow River Stone Forest Tourist Site in Beiyin City in Gansu Province. Participants were not rookies. One of the deceased was a well-known runner, Ling Jing, who had won a 100K race in Ningbo. Uh, doesn't tell me. I suppose they figured because it was only one day. What? What's the matter with you, Reavers? Was she from Ningbo? Well, I missed that town. I, I like my Chinese towns. Ningbo was just a... Can you name no. all the counties in China? I can't. Zhujing, Tishan? Uh-huh. Beiyin City in Gansu Province. Yeah. In uh, Ningbo. Ningbo. There we go. That's the, that's uh, that's the N counties. 
Reminds me of dengue. <laughs> that's that's the D county. Is that the northern part of Nengo? Well, uh, yeah. Right the they board. were not dressed for winter-like conditions. There's your problem. But I suppose they figured, look, it's well, only going to be a two hours. What did you say? Sixty-five hundred feet. I mean, ninety-eight hundred feet. These people are lucky Ooh. their lungs didn't explode. Right. Well, these are your ultra marathoners. They're really in oh, shape. Okay. Okay. They're really hey, in shape. Hey, a fatty like me can go up to ten thousand. Come on, it's not that. Did you bad. did you guys get the email from our gal who went to made the uh, Grunhoffers run? Boy, did we ever! Yes. Oh man, uh, she'll never some, be the same. Some, but she didn't get the meatloaf. That was my favorite part of the tech or the uh, communication chain was that uh, we ripped her for not getting other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the trip was made to Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meat on Highway 61 in Hugo. Wangu steaks, Wangu burgers, brats. Bacon, ham. Wagyu. Wagyu, Wagyu, Wagyu. Four different Wangu is another province in China. Three different kinds of meatloaf. The meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf, and the Minnesota meatloaf. Everybody Wangu tonight. Ribeye steaks, flank steaks. Oh, it's just wonderful stuff. It's on the highway of meat and love. Highway 61. Revisited. Grunhofer's. Old-fashioned meats, new location, also opening in June, mm -hmm. if Spencer can ever wrestle City Hall to its census. You know what I like this? You know that song I like to sing about Grundhoffers? Huh. Oh, never boy. gonna give you up, never gonna let you go. <laughs> the, uh, the crack digital promotions team is licking their lips to, uh, to edit up that piece of video. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman, a.k.a. Wanda Gag, who was born on this day in Duluth in 1941. President Abraham Lincoln. No. That's right. Oh. Robert Zimmerman, who became Bob Dylan. That's what I was going to guess was Dylan. I knew that already. Well, I... Uh, I, didn't want to I don't think you would have failed, Chris. I don't think it was That's a right, big I would have been right. 80 years old today. 80 years old today. Wow. His po mm -hmm. uh, by the way, his podcast, I don't know if he's still doing it, but the couple of times I listened to it, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Dylan's his podcast. podcast? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty good. Can you he's fun to listen to when he's talking. Yes, yes, exactly. And on this day in 1858, remember we had become a state a few weeks ago, in the, in the year 1858, the first group of state officers, including Henry H. Sibley, who we now have to ignore as governor, was installed. Hmm. But Sibley is a persona non grata now, and uh, we have to change the name of Sibley High School and things of that nature. There's a Sibley County. I don't know if that'll survive. That's out by my way, Sibley mm -hmm. County. That's in the S counties. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to uh, Lake Okaboji, Reavers? I've been around it. I only ask because isn't that right just across the Minnesota border down yes. there? Yeah. Pretty much? Right yeah. by our friends at Harmony Spirits. Mm -hmm. HarmonySpirits.net. Is Harmony in that corner of the state? No, I was just kidding because they're right yeah. on the border. Right. There's just a south. chance for me to plug a client. Thank <laughs> you, GLers. They're down south. Rook, what should the GLers do today after listening to this award-winning podcast? It wasn't award-winning because we screwed up oh, the beginning. No, we were top we? shelf. Well, we? then do, do this then. Do this. Take Garage Logic and compare it to other podcasts that you're listening to. If you want to find where to get your hands on your ears on those podcasts, you go to PodMN on your smartphone or PodMN.com on your computer. It's super simple, and you will have 
hours of audio pleasure. And thanks to Kenneth Allen Olson, um, we are going to have gold for the Garage Logic YouTube channel later today that was not part of the broadcast. Well done, Kenny Olson. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Hey, garagelogic.com also limited edition pop-up shop. It closes tonight at 11.59 and be one of the select few that can own a Garage Logic flag. There's only a handful left. Rookie, why do you keep punching yourself? Don't know. Grammatry. Grammatry. Treat by your grandmother. By your